Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Well, of course, today is a special day, and it is Mother's Day. Do you know motherhood is the oldest occupation in the world? If it wasn't for motherhood, there would be none of us. So we're grateful for that. In fact, I think it's a miracle that any woman that's ever had a baby wants another one. That, that is amazing what God put in the heart of women. And then in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson, he officially established Mother's Day as a uh, national holiday here in the U.S. And so this morning, I'm going to share a little bit about uh, uh, the importance and the value of motherhood. But I would like all the mothers to stand up. Just for a moment, though I'll pray for you later. Let's all have moms stand up all, uh, all over. Look at this. My goodness, we have so many. Come on, give them a good clap offering. Praise the Lord. I, I want to I welcome the, the newest of our, of our mothers. There's a lot of, a lot of brand new mothers here. Uh, we want to thank you for coming. And some of the older mothers, uh, Joan, she's a gr- how many great greats do you have now? You have seven great, great children. Uh, I mean, grandchildren. That, that's, that, that, I mean, that's awesome, isn't it? And uh, hey, her and Raleigh, they'll probably have great, great, great grandchildren. Just, we're just so, we're so, so happy to have all of you here. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. See, when it comes to the God kind of love, a mother's love is the standard. She set the standard to which our children value and that our children need as we're growing up in life. Can I have an amen to that? We relate to mothers differently when it comes to this painful stage of growing up. Let me give you an example. Most children at the age of four think, hey, my mom can do anything. By the time they're 12, they're thinking, mom doesn't know everything. And by 14, they're convinced mom knows nothing. (laughs) By the time you're 18, you're saying, mom is so out of step. She's so square. She's so out. Uh, See, I, I have no idea who in the world sets the standard for what is in but I, I just want you to know, Vicky and I were in before most of you were in. I mean, we, we, we were in. Uh, bell bottom, remember the bell bottoms? You know, you keep them long enough, they come back. The only reason they establish things that are in or out is so that they can sell clothes. Have you ever figured that out? I had to get rid of all my nice, beautiful ties. Some of them were really nice and expensive because now they're too wide. But if I keep them, they'll come back. Hallelujah. Amen. So by the time you're 25, though, you finally admit that, hey, mom knows a few things. And by the time you're 35, you're saying, hey, I wonder what mom would say about this. By the time you're 45, you're saying, before you do anything, we do anything, let's check in with mom and see what she says. And by the time you're 65, I wish I could once again talk to mom, because now she's gone. And both of our mothers are gone. They're in heaven. And you know, I told you this before, but there were times I'd be so struggling just with life in general, and I'd want to go, I'd say to Vicki, I'm going up to see mom. Because there's just something about mothers that, that we so depend on, and, and, uh, and I, I love my mother. I loved her, appreciated her, valued her for all that she did and, um, in life, and of course, now she's in heaven. Vicki's mama is in heaven. And maybe some of you are thinking about that today. I wish I had an opportunity just one more time to let mama know how important she was, how valued she was uh, to me in life. We just don't say enough. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Isn't it true that once you 
begin having your own children, you begin to realize just uh, how hard it is to raise a family, how challenging it is. The work and the sacrifice that's required to raising a family, especially a godly one, and how that weight, the weight of that responsibility really does lie heavy on, on mother, on motherhood in general, and it really does. There was a story about a woman who was pushing her cart through Walmart down the aisles, and her mother was screaming at the top of her lungs, her child was screaming at the top of her lungs, and the clerk could hear her mumbling, saying, oh, God, uh, 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 hold on, uh, Emma, calm down, it's soon going to be over, calm down, we're going to be leaving pretty quick, just calm down. And finally, the, the clerk said, uh, overheard her, spoke up and said, ma'am, you're, you really are to be commended for how patient you've been with Emma. And the mother looked at the clerk and said, I'm Emma. <laughs> Amen. But then, of course, there's this, there's this moment in life where you transition from, uh, from, uh, from the children to the grandchildren. And grandchildren are perfect. It's just amazing how wonderful they are. And I'm so grateful. I really am. I'm so grateful for the children, the grandchildren that my children and my daughter-in-law gave us. Praise the Lord. Seven of them. Not enough, but we got seven. That's a perfect number, I guess. That's a number of, uh, yeah, perfect number. So we're grateful for that. Someone once said, if God wants to do something uh, great, he, he calls on man. But when he wants to do something extraordinarily great, he calls on a woman. And we have many Bible examples, examples in the Bible of the greatness of women. How, how it wasn't for women, God would have never been able to, uh, able to establish his will in the earth and bring a redemption to his fullness. And of course, we know that. Let's, so I want to give you a few examples this morning. Uh, number one, let's talk about Sarah. You know, it's interesting about the name Sarah. In the Hebrew, her name means princess. It means queen. Yet for the first 90 years of her life, she didn't feel much like a queen because she was known as the barren wife of Abraham. In, in, the, in the tradition, Jewish tradition, if you didn't have children, uh, they considered you that you're under a curse. And this, this curse, uh, uh, you, you are the blame for it as a woman. And so she lived with that. And yet one day God came to Abraham and gave him a promise and promised him that they would bear a, ch a child together even at the age of 90 years old and 99. And they didn't hesitate. They didn't doubt. Even, even Sarah uh, joined her husband's faith and believed God that they could pull this off, that with God's help they would have a child. What was impossible would become possible. And Sarah, when she had that child, her role, uh, her role play in this miracle was far more important than uh, Abraham's. Why? Because she was the one that carried the vision in her, in her body for nine months and gave birth to the promise uh, of Isaac. And of course, Isaac, Isaac, we know, carried the DNA within him of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's how important she was. Hebrews 11, 11 says this. Because of her faith, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child even when she was long past the age for it because she considered God, I love this, who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy and true to his word. He was then, he is now, and he always will be true to his word. Come on, give me, give me a good shout of amen. And I want to encourage all the women here today. You're believing God to get pregnant. Uh, we're done with that. We're not believing God anymore. But anyway, if you're believing God to get pregnant, you believe, keep, don't waver, just keep trusting God. God will make it possible. Can I have an amen? 
God will make it possible. I'm going to encourage everyone in regards to that. God is faithful to his word. There's another woman by the name of Rebecca. She was the wife of Isaac, the daughter-in-law of Abraham. And she was the one who gave birth to two sons, Esau and Jacob. And she had the spiritual perception that when both sons were born, that there was a calling on Jacob's life. Even though his name, Jacob, means supplanter and deceiver, it was because of her faith in God and her obedience to God that uh, God would change Jacob's name in the future to Israel. And the word Israel means he shall rule as God. And, of course, Jacob did. He fulfilled his divine assignment because of a mother who, um, uh, who had a sensitive heart towards God. Then Israel's deliverance from 430 years of, uh, of slavery um, began with a woman, and her name was Jochebed. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. She was the one who hid Moses for three months while all the ba other baby boys were being killed. And not only did she hide him for three months, she built a little uh, basket uh, uh, out of straw and mud. And she put him in that basket and she let him go down the Nile River, uh, releasing him to his divine destiny, not realizing the greatness of that little boy's life. And it happened because of a woman who trusted God. Other women like Esther in Judges, the fourth chapter, was a beautiful uh, Jewish uh, uh, a virgin who um, was born, uh, here uh, Mordecai said, uh, for such a time as this, born, uh, to, born into, into the divine destiny of God uh, when the uh, Israelites were being uh, uh, were sentenced to death. All of them were sentenced to be wiped out and destroyed. Uh, she stood in the gap and went before the king now, uh, without, uh, without permission, knowing that she could lose her life if he did not raise up that staff in his hand to show her favor. But because of his love for her, uh, she re he received her, and she was the one who stood in the gap for the nation of Israel. And I wanted to read what it says in Esther 4, 14. Mordecai, her uncle, said this, Who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this, royal position. When I read that, First Peter uh, came to my mind, the second chapter, it says, you, now I'll include all the mothers here at Faith Family Church, even though it is for all of us, you, the Bible says, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I am so grateful today. You know, when we started out, I was 20 years old. Vicky was 18 when we got married. Three months later, she was pregnant with our first daughter, uh, Amy. And then, of course, we had Angie. And then, then we uh, uh, topped it off with Andy. And uh, not real, I mean, just, you know, isn't that something about life? You, you don't, you just, day to day, especially as a believer, day to day you trust God that you're doing the right thing. Day to day you rely on his the counsel of his spirit, the leadership of his spirit to raise these children in the way that they should go. And um, I'm so grateful. Um, it was years ago when she was a young, when she was a young mother, she had, there were no books on child raising. There really weren't. So she went to the word of God and she found out from the word of God that, uh, that uh, um, disciplining a child when they're young uh, 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 curves their character and, and helps them to make right decisions uh, as they grow older. And praise God, we raised three children who, for the most part, made the right decisions in their lives so that we wouldn't be as, um, uh, not only believers, but we wouldn't be ministers who were ashamed because our children went wayward. And we are so grateful for that, uh, for the counsel of the Spirit to teach 
a young mother how to uh, raise children and that the rod of correction was something important uh, for their lives. If, if you agree with me, say amen to that. And because of that, our children are serving God and have been serving God their entire lives. Praise the Lord. How about Mary? We can't forget about this young um, Jewish virgin who um, loved God, who had spent her young life longing and yearning for the coming Messiah. And then she gets a visit one day. She's engaged to be married to a young man by the name of Joseph. And she gets a visit one day from Gabriel, the archangel. That's not bad, is it, to get a visit from Gabriel? And to give her the message that, uh, that the Messiah would come and that if she believed, she would give birth uh, to him and it would be a virgin birth. And the Bible says that she said these words. She says, be it unto me, according to your word. And the moment she said that, she became impregnated with the promise of our Redeemer, praise God. 4,000 years of Messianic prophecies come to fulfillment in one second when she embraced the promise in her life. Thank God that a woman dared believe the word of God. Can I have an amen? Let's not forget about the women and mothers who courageously remained at the foot of the cross. I, I think about that, how the disciples all scattered because they saw this man that they had put their hope in, that they had served for three and a half years hanging on the cross. And the Bible says that that man, that Jesus was beaten so bad that you could not tell that he was a person hanging on the, hanging on the tree. That's how much the, uh, the devil hated this man, this threat to his kingdom. And, um, but those women, while the disciples scattered, losing all hope that they would ever be delivered from this Roman uh, government, they scattered and they left and they went back to fishing. They went back to their secular business saying, well, you know, what we thought we had, we don't have. But I love those women, praise God. I love those women who stood there in the midst of danger. They could have been flogged. They could have been beaten for sticking out or making their commitment, or their, uh, their commitment be known uh, that they believed in Jesus and they held on to him and served him until till he took his last breath. That is, that's how awesome these women were. And then I think about the women called... Um, uh, Mary Magdalene and, uh, uh, and uh, the other Mary, which happened to be the Mary, um, uh, um, uh, James's wife. And then also there was a woman, I found this out in, in, Math, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, that there was a woman called Salome, and she was the wife of Zebedee. Remember a little short Zebedee? And uh, she was there also. And they came early in the morning expecting uh, to minister and, and prepare uh, with, uh, uh, with ointments the body of Jesus only to realize, praise God, that he had risen from the dead. It was women, praise God, that experienced. They, had the, they were the ones that found out first that he had risen from the dead. And they were the ones that preached the first message of his resurrection power to the disciples. is that awesome? Praise God. And I think how beautiful, how wonderful, and how valuable women are. And, how, and I, I always think about this because some of the religions, you know, they really put um, women down. And, uh, and, I, and I always think about this. Women weren't taken out of, out, of the, out of the foot of Adam, but out of the side of Adam. And um, I always think about how important they are and how, how strong we men are uh, and how strong our women make us look because of the anointing upon their lives. Everybody say amen. It wasn't coincidental when Solomon, the wisest man in history, 
closed out Psalms 31, or excuse me, the 31 Proverbs, excuse me, uh, by, uh, by promoting the value of both womanhood and motherhood and the significant role that they play in life. And I, I wanted to read Proverbs 11 and, um, this, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 31, starting with verse 10. It's kind of long, but I, I wanted to just really read this with you and have you see the beautiful uh, display uh, uh, of the colorful words that God has regarding women. Let's read this. A capable, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman, who is he who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. Think about that. The heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on her and believes in her securely so that he has no lack of honest gain or need of dishonest spoil. She comfort, isn't that funny? God called a woman, a, God called the woman a companion, not a complainer. He called her a companion, not a threat. That's what he called it to man. The, the greatness in men, the, the greatness that you'll ever find in your life is found in your woman, is found in your wife. She's the one that makes you great. She's the one that completes you. She's the one that will stand in favor of you, praise God, as you carry out your role as a husband. Let's carry on. He goes, she, verse 12, comforts and encourages and does him only good as long as there is life within her. She seeks out wool and flax and works with willing hands to develop it. I just want you to just listen to these words of, of the responsibility and the character and the strength of a woman. She is like a, the merchant ships loaded with foodstuffs. Uh, she brings her households, plural, uh, food from a far country. She rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household and assigns her maids their tasks. She considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. With her savings of time and strength, you really, savings of time and strength? I'd be exhausted by now. <laughs> she plants fruitful vines in her vine vineyard. She girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong and firm. She tastes and sees that her gain from work with, with and for God is good. Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble, privation, or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt, and distrust. Wow, what a woman. She lays, this is a virtuous woman. She lays her hands to the spindle and her hands hold a distaff. She opens her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out and fills her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit. She fears not the snow for her family, for all her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. We didn't know she lived in Minnesota. <laughs> she makes herself coverlets, cushions, and rugs of tapestry. Her clothing is of linen, pure and fine, and of purple, such as that of which the clothing of the priests and the hallowed clothes of the temple were made. Her husband is known in the city gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. She delivers to the merchants girdles or sashes that free one up for service. Strength and dignity are her clothing and her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter 
the latter day or time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. She opens up her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. She looks well to how things go in her household, and the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity, she will not eat. And her children will rise up and call her blessed, happy, fortunate, and be envied. And her husband boasts of uh, praises her, saying, Many daughters have done virtuously, nobly well, uh, nobly well, uh, and to be envied. Oh, excuse me. Many daughters have done virtually, nobly, and well with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. I want you to stop for a moment and think about this. Maybe you don't realize that, this, that um, Solomon had 700 wives. And 300, uh, um, and 300, um, concubines. yeah, concubines. Not combines, concubines. <laughs> and yet he targets one woman in his life that he recognizes has the character of God and the glory of God in her life. We don't know who that is. Charm and grace are deceptive, and beauty is vain because it's not lasting. But a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord she shall be praised. You know, I, um, some of you know, uh, of course, my, my, some of you know my wife went through surgery, and it was it's a major surgery. It was a challenging, and uh, she went through a lot of pain and, and uh, through it, and she's doing so much better today, and I'm grateful for it. But uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that um, uh, last week we had a neighbor uh, who who broke her leg. We don't really, I mean, we say hi to them because they're our neighbor. Hi, neighbor. And that's all about how we know them. And, uh, and I came home and I said, honey, this, uh, our neighbor broke her leg. Uh, they were in Hawaii on a little vacation and she got caught in a, her leg got stuck in a rock uh, while they were, um, um, not scuba, snorkeling. And, uh, and the wave twisted her and, and she, uh, she blew her, what is that muscle back in here? And it coiled up all the way down to her calf. And she had to go into major surgery to pull that back up and staple it back to her butt, buttocks. And, and uh, so very painful. So she ended up, she, that was that, the third day we were there. So she ended up a week and a half in the hospital there. And, and then so she's home. She can't move her leg. And so Vicky made them a full dinner. And, and uh, um, I mean, I, I can't, and I'm not it's bragging, but it's true. She can make a five-course meal in about 35 minutes. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable what she can do. And, uh, but she made them a full dinner plus a homemade apple pie. Amen. And I, I saw that apple pie just leave. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> I said, do we have to give them the pie? <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Yesterday, she was making a meal for one of the kids, and, 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 uh, and she got, and we were heading out, had to go, we had another appointment, so rushing out the door, and she goes, oh, I forgot to make that dinner. So she turns around, makes a homemade lasagna. But not only did she make a homemade lasagna, one, she made two of them, and took the second one over to the neighbors who had the broken leg. And we did that, and of course, I'm standing by her side, I'm doing the dishes, I don't believe in a dishwasher. This is the dishwasher right here. <laughs> There's a couple, couple of us nuts here. But anyway, my point is that, you know, 
Have the heart. Have the heart of God. Be loving. Be compassionate. Be giving. As you do that, God will bless your life. Because literally, I mean, and she knows it. When she starts to do all this extra stuff, I start to complain. Do we have to do that? And of course, I stop complaining right away. Because it doesn't help. But that's the kind of loving heart that is in a woman. And I want you to know that. I love all of you ladies today with the love of Jesus. I have to say that. Because it's true. But I'm telling you, I'm so grateful that God gave me the best. And I'm grateful, men, that God gave you the best. And again, all the ladies, I want you to stand because I want to pray over you today. I want the musicians to come. You know, ladies, we have to go to the Bible to find out what the Bible says about us as people. Because a lot of times you're raised, a lot of times you're raised by maybe mothers that didn't have, have the guidance of God's word. But that doesn't negate the responsibility that we should have, the things that God wants us to have and requires the giftings and the anointings and the things that he wants you to do. We need to start, we need to teach our children how to cook. Ladies, so that when your children have a, listen, when I got married, she was 18 years old. The first, ma- the first meal that she made me, I still remember, it was stuffed pork chops, wasn't it? <laughs> stuffed pork chops? Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was, it, I couldn't believe it that such food could be cooked. Because my mama, I loved her with all my heart, but I mean, she made, she made lasagna, I thought it was made out of elpo. My mama could not, some things she could cook, but other things she couldn't. First meal she made me was stuffed pork chops. In our little eight by, eight by 20, eight by 28 mobile home. Little tiny thing. Amen. She was pregnant three months later, and you see why, it didn't take me long to catch her. (laughs) By 820, I know, I know. But <laughs> yeah, buy a camper. <laughs> I want to pray over you, ladies. Hey, darling, do you have anything to add? <laughs> no. I want to pray. Oh, I know. I could have added Hannah. I know that. There's so many ladies. She was so awesome because Hannah really did made the ultimate sacrifice to bring her precious little child who was just weaned and brought her to the temple, literally, to stay there. She made that kind of commitment to God. See, a lot of times we make commitments to God. He fulfills his side, and then we fail to fulfill ours. And I'm so grateful she didn't. She literally left that little, little boy at the feet of a dysfunctional prophet. Uh, no, high priest, Eli. His family was a mess, and yet... She made that commitment to God, and God took that little child, and he grew up to be, I mean, at the age of probably seven, five, seven, five years old, seven years old, he heard the voice of God. God began to speak to him and told him to prophesy to Eli, and of course he did. 
but he grew up to be Israel's greatest prophet because one woman, one mama, kept her word. And ladies, I want to encourage, I'm serious, I want to encourage you, I mean, if you especially if you've got children that aren't serving God, you stand on the word of God because there ain't a devil in hell that can stop those kids from coming back to Jesus if a mama stands on the word for her kids. And I just want you to know that. And, and here's another thing, ladies. You can, I, I'm, I'm guilty as a man, but you can live your life blaming yourself for some of the failed things that have happened, and, uh, but it doesn't matter. You trust God because God fixes broken things. God can do the impossible. I just want to encourage every one of you, ladies, for that. Amen. Bow your heads, everyone. And ladies, lift your hands towards heaven if you'd be so kind to mothers. Father, I pray for all these precious mothers here today. And God, I speak grace, grace over them. God, I thank you so much, God, that you put within them motherhood and that you put within them, God, the strength and the ability to be good mamas to their children and good grandmothers to their grandchildren. And Lord, I pray that you will bless them with healing today. Let's all receive healing by faith. Father, I receive healing by faith for all these precious women that are here. Strength, God. Strengthen their bodies. Strengthen their minds. And strengthen their hearts. And God, I'm asking you that this would be the best year ever in their lives. And I do pray for the precious women that are believing God for babies, that God, you will anoint their bodies in Jesus' precious name. And God, if it's healing in their bodies, you heal them. If it's healing in the men's bodies, heal them, God, heaven. And Father, I'm expecting, God, news in the coming days and months, Father, that women here are pregnant because they're believing you today and trusting you. Come on, give them praise. Let's all praise them for that, for the women are believing for that today. So God, thank you. And Father, I ask you to bless them with the desires of their heart. Many of them are believing you for certain things. They're in God of heaven, thank you that they're worthy of it because they're your daughters. So I'm asking you to prosper them. I'm asking you to anoint them. I'm asking you, God, to increase, God, every gifting in their lives, Father, so that they can be a light to their families and a light to the community around them, Father. And thank you, God, that they will prosper and increase, God, in their lives in every area, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.